Hi, and welcome to another episode of No Life Like Show Life. We did a German episode the last time with an APHA amateur competitor, an amateur portrait, and I felt like I'd like to get into the APHA industry a little more deeply, which is why I've decided to do another amateur portrait with an APHA amateur competitor. This time, my guest is from Denmark. Welcome, Freya Olsen, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Welcome. That's exactly correct. Thank you, Leonie. Perfect. <laughs> it's always a little risky with the foreign names, you oh, know. Yes. But <laughs> great. Freya, can you introduce yourself to all the listeners that might not know you? Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm Freya. I'm 26 years old and I'm from Denmark. Um, I have been in the APHA uh, industry for like, oh, since I was six years old, I think. And then I actually just the last year decided to go a little more into the AQHA also. So now I'm trying a little bit both. Yeah, you just said that you've been a part of the APHA industry since you were a little girl. And that's actually my impression as well, because some people might know that I have shown on the APHA circuit as a youth kid. And I felt like you have always been there. Like <laughs> I cannot think of an APHA industry in Europe without you and the youth classes or the amateur classes but how did it all start? Oh yeah it actually started with my mom and my uncle and my mom has always been so strict on having animals with pedigree so my mom and my uncle wanted to buy a horse together and my mom was like so strict that it needed a pedigree and that's actually why we ended up with the paints because it needed to have some kind of papers. So my mom bought my first mare, actually, which was a mare from Germany. And this was a really, really nice horse. And it was like a kid's horse from the beginning. And my sister and I was always playing with this horse. And that is the reason why we actually ended up in, the, in this kind of <laughs> competition and shows, because this mare was a really nice youth horse. And she was the, my first horse. And that is actually the whole reason behind this <laughs> and what was the horse's name it was a uh, Dux J Clara Brand she wasn't shown that much because she had some problem with her legs so it was always you know getting her started and getting her to the show level and then every time we went there she was like lame so oh, no. we had to start over and that's actually why we bred her and from her we got my first white gelding and I think that was the one I got known by the first time because he was like a really tall hunter horse oh yeah and that was the one I won I started to win on in the beginning it was like crazy it was hell I can remember this gelding he was like so stupid and everyone was telling me this horse will never be a competition horse and I will never find, you know, the steps where we can go out because I can, the first time I was riding him, we couldn't ride a circle, you know, every time we went at some point of the circle, he was turning the other way. And I went to like five different trainers and all were just saying, oh, this one is not good in the head and it's, it's stupid and it will never be anything. And it was the only, only horse I had, you know, it, at that time we didn't have that much money and I didn't have any other to choose from or to get so I just needed to keep on going with the scalding and so I kept riding him and we actually ended up winning a lot in the hunter and the hunter hack and just doing like all round classes and from that on it's just been 
working its way up, yeah. And at the moment, I feel like you have many, many, many horses. So can you maybe tell us about your current life situation? Because I always connect you with AK horses. So yes. what's the connection there? So AK horses X is actually my horses. And you can't ask me how many I have, because I think it's 20 plus at the moment. Oh my, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> That's always the big question those people ask. But AK is actually my mom and dad's uh, like front letters. It's Anetta and Karsten. And it's because they have made everything possible here. So it's the, just a little thank you for them. It's just the AK. And, it, and then it's just expanded because we got this mare and then the gelding and this first mare, she brought like a three or four more offsprings and then they got offsprings and then it's just, yeah. You know, with horses, they sometimes just expand themselves. <laughs> you never and, know how that happens, right? No. And my dad is always like, what have you done now? And we're like, oh, we just need to borrow the car. We need to go for a little trip. And he's like, okay, a new horse, another new horse. <laughs> Coming to the he farm. already knows what's going on. He knows exactly what's going on. <laughs> and he's, he's sweet because he's the, he's the man making it everything possible because he's working like full time to just put in some money for this because it's just fun for my, my mom and I, it's just our thing. And then he puts in all the money. He doesn't, he doesn't care about horses at all. He just supports me and my mom. Oh my, that's so sweet. So actually now that's like 20, but I think half of those are like young ones. Yeah. So we got a lot of offsprings from last year and a couple of two-year-olds. Um, at the moment, we try to sell something also, but for me, it's hard because I want to have something to show, you know, always make a plan for the next step. And for me, it's hard to pick the ones I want to keep and which ones to sell. Uh, that's sometimes a problem when you get them from the beginning on because it's so hard to, to choose and with, to, take, to take a choice of which one you should pick. And you get kind of so happy with everyone and get a relationship with every horse you know so it's harder for me to get rid of them but at the moment I have too many horses <laughs> and I have known you a long time in combination as a team with Madame Blue Stuffy a very flashy horse I feel like she catches a lot of attention because of her look yeah. and can you tell me a little bit more about her because she has won a lot with you Yes, she was actually, when I had my other white gelding, I went to my Tuana's place at that time. And this mare, Madame Brusov, was just born. And she had like this really catchy blue eyes. And I just fell in love with her personality from the beginning on because she's always been like this lazy gelding kind of type. You can present everything in front of her and she's just standing there and sleeping. And she was that from the beginning. And I was like, mom, we need to buy this horse. And my mom was like, no, Freya, it's white and it got blue eyes and it's just scary, she said. And I convinced her that this was the horse I needed. And from that time, because I needed to plan because my gelding was getting older and I need to get an, I, get, I wanted to get like higher up in the competition. So I needed another horse. And this one was just perfect. And she has been, she has been amazing for me because she is like a gelding in her head. It's 
always sweet, always like really protecting and always you can put her everywhere and she's the same. So when people always talk about it's a mare, I'm like, what a mare? What is that? Is she, she's always the same, you know? So I swear, I just got a new one. Uh, my new competition was also a mare and she's just the, uh, and now I know what people are talking about when they talk about mare because <laughs> it's not like that. And in the beginning, I wanted to do pleasure with her, but I found out that she was sometimes a little too lazy and too clever. So she quickly found out that pleasure was not her thing and she was just running away every time we went in the arena. So we went a little more like the all round showmanship, horsemanship, and hunter, and she's just been great for that. And I was a little sad that I had to now just like let her a little bit go at home and breed her. And, but I think she got a little tired of showing, you know, I've shown her since she was two years old. Mm -hmm. And I feel the last couple of years when we were showing, she wasn't happy anymore. It wasn't fun for her. She could do it and I could push her still, but it wasn't the same anymore. She didn't have the kind of power and spirit to show anymore. And I think she's much more happy at home now. I think that's a very nice decision you made for her. I think some people probably would not have done that with a show horse like that, because as you said, she knows her job, but yeah. it's very animal friendly and very fair towards her because you know she has won a lot with you and can you maybe name some highlights of your show career yeah I had like I, I was just when I got the question uh, a couple of days ago I was like okay what year was that because I had one year especially that's just so clear for me and that I found out it was 2017 I always tell all the girls in Minnetonka, I say, you have like one time in life in your showing career where everything just works out. And I think that was 2017 for me, especially at the APHA European Championships. And everything was just working. And that time we won like the five gold medals and one bronze out of the six entries we did. So it was just so overwhelming and everything was like perfect in that moment. And I think that was the most highlighted period for me. It was that show at the Europeans where we just got so much with us and we won so much. And after that, I think that year we went and on the top of the high point lists also, and she, we just won everything that year. Uh, for me, that's also like, after that I was okay. Like my decision to kind of, breed her instead and let her go home was like more solid after that because okay we we reached our goals and we did everything and we showed everything so now I had a little more confident in just letting her be at home and get on with another horse after that yeah I actually just had to smile a little you can't see me but I had to <laughs> smile a little because when you said that you were thinking about the year I actually immediately thought of 2017 because I can remember that we did an article on the show live, yeah. I think about that show year, because you went to the European and you won so many things. And it's kind of fun that we just had the same thought because that kind of stuck to my head as well, that that was a really good year for both of you. Yes. Very, very cool. And I think what you said is actually very true. I think everyone 
at least most people hopefully have like that period in their show career yeah. where stuff just works out and where you maybe have like the little bit percentage of luck you need to exactly. win because we all know that you can be talented you can practice and there's still so many things that can go wrong so you Everything sometimes need a little luck yeah and you ride on everybody else's mistakes i think also sometimes so you yeah. need you need to be good and you need to practice but still you need some luck also to get there yeah and your current show horse or one of your current show horses is not a mare it's a stallion it's actually one that we have highly featured on the show life as well it's the original one can you tell a little bit more about him as well yes he was the one i bought when i actually brought the duffy to my trainer johanna grabner's palace he was just born there and i was there for training with duffy and i was doing all the stable work and everything and that's why i got to know him so well and he was the same as duffy it was the same lazy horse that was so interested in everything and always happy and wanted to cuddle and he was just like you know when you see that horse you just sometimes have the connection to it and it was this with him and so we bought him and the plan was actually that he needed to take over from duffy and i needed to geld him and he needed to be my new show horse so we brought him home to denmark and i started training him slowly as a one-year-old and from the beginning on he's always been this lazy headed uh, guy with no like stallion thinking at all he never made a sound he never made any stallion behavior he was always so sweet and wanted to learn and he was very very nice in the mind and that's actually why i kept him as a stallion because i was like why geld him when he is like this so we went to our first show when he was two year old and he was just so sweet we went to the i remember we had to do the launch line at the europeans and there was like i think it was 18 horses or something and at that time we couldn't walk you know in the warm-up when we had to wait for the other horses to to get into the launch line so I have, we had to stand at the class, it lasted like one and a half hour or something. And we had to stand there in both ends lining up. And beside him, there was like a mare who was crazy in heat. And he was just peeing and peeing and peeing. And God. Presentation. I was like, okay. And he was just standing there and sleeping. And I was like, okay, this is the ultimate test. And he yeah. with great character because he didn't make anything at all that and it was the same the next year and he's just been sweet so that's actually why i kept him as a stallion uh, and why he is it still yeah and i have interviewed that you on that topic a few yeah. weeks or maybe months even ago <laughs> and you told me that being a stallion owner is not always fun and games but there are some challenges as well can you maybe describe those challenges oh yeah there is a lot of challenges. At first we thought, okay, this might be easy. And we thought, okay, maybe you could earn a little money and that will be a little happy if we can get some money in, <laughs> in from all these horses. But, oh, it's been crazy work because at our place we have, in, have them in big fields and they are walking in and out whenever they like. 
and they are actually he has always been going together with the boot mass because they keep him in place it's really nice for him not to get the self-confidence too high so <laughs> it's really nice when he's just they are picking him down but beside all that we needed a lot of mares coming from outside and we had to do a lot of breeding with the mares in Denmark especially because we chose to kind of naturally breed with him but because there's always mares here he gets like when there's all, all those hormones he gets a little more crazy because he's running in and out to check on the mares and check on the, his brood mares and all the mares we had here there was I thought breeding would be easy, but breeding is definitely not easy. We checked his semen too, and everything was good, but there's so many things with the mares from outside. You, they can have all kinds of infections and troubles with breeding. So it ended up like we had to keep, keep most of these mares for like months. And I had to do all the scannings and all the pre-work for the mares and for him and it just ended up like every breeding season lasts for like six months for us and it's the hardest months because you have to be there every day you can never go away because there's always a mare that need to go for the breeding and some days we have breeding in the mornings and breeding in the afternoon uh, and yeah you there's always something to do with that. And he's also getting more stallion-like whenever you breed so much. And it's, I think it's the hormones. They are just running so high. So I found out that the money you get in, you use your <laughs> so much more time. So it ends up even I like we didn't earn anything on it. It's just a lot of work. And then there's the breeding contracts and all the communication between the mare owners and the stallions and still there's a big chance that the mares loses their fold when there is one and yeah oh we, we tried everything Leonie. yeah <laughs> i can understand world opening up people always thinking that it's a lot of money for a foal but if you're done breeding and if you own a stallion or have a lot of uh, mares you know every foal there's a lot of cost behind it yeah yeah, I think that's so interesting because I love to get this honest insight because I feel like in our industry, people are always like, yeah, everything's great and everything yeah. is super easy and it's just fun. And, you know, and I think it's great that someone points out that something is a challenge and you stress how much, how much work goes into the whole process. Because as you said, faults are expensive for a reason. It's not just because, you know, you do it for fun it's a lot of work and as you just pointed out there's a lot of things you have to think about when owning a stallion and I think it's really interesting that you keep him together with the broodmares and I've seen some pictures of your place and it looks amazing and I remember that sometimes you sent me some full pictures for the show life where the babies were born in the pasture and everything so it looks great where you live and where your horses live we enjoy really having all this space because they live so naturally and that's also a really nice part for the showing horses because they keep them in like a natural shape so and for him it's been really really nice because there it, it has never been that stressful i think sometimes people are placing the stallions in like small pastures for themselves because they can't go together with anyone else 
And if I do that with Westy, which is his bond name, he will stress up like crazy. He will be like this completely other horse because together with them, he has his, they are like from the wild side, they are going always together. And you can see it here because people are always, oh, how do you, how do you, do that and how is it possible won't he like be aggressive to the foals or won't it be any damage to anything but actually he is the sweetest one he's used to having like five foals biting his tail biting his mane being everywhere around him jumping on him and he's just standing there in the middle being so like uh, careful that he won't like touch any of the foals because you can see that he is so protective of every foal here and the mares too so for us, it's just worked out this way because he is like a much more calm and nice to handle when he's together with those. And for the foals, it's been nice having like a play body because he's been that to them. It's really cute. And I love to see that you have the show horses in the pasture as well and have them enjoying life and being with other horses. I think that's so important and especially for Stallion, as you just pointed out. So what does a normal day for you look like with the horses? For me, it's like I just finished vet school in January. So half of my time is used on being a vet and the rest of the time is used on all the horses and the show clothing. So for me, it's like right now I use I focused a lot of my on my showing mare, which I need to get ready for the summer show and the German paint. So, and then I have a couple of young ones I wanted to bring in the long line classes also. So for me, it's first of all, is getting to feed all the horses and getting hay on the fields. They are all, all time having hay outside. So they need to be, do, I need to be doing that a couple of times a week. And then I have to clean the stable and feed the horses. And then I go riding and doing the young ones. And we always use a lot of time on kind of getting all the new foals and the young ones used to daily life. So for me, it's a lot of hours in the stable together with, we are so lucky to have so many nice girls, especially a lot of youth girls in our stable. And we have like a really nice community and a nice like teamwork there when we play a lot with the horses together. So for me, it's every time work and then uh, I go home and use like, I think it's daily three or four hours in the stable doing all the riding and the young horses and every just daily cleaning in the stable. And you just mentioned your current show mare and I think if I'm not mistaken, it's the one that's double registered, right? Yeah, it's the you... to the stallion. Oh, okay. Can you tell a little bit more about her? Yeah, it's actually because the year after um, the stallion was born, I this one came out. And it was actually at that time my sister was riding too. Now she's not in the, in the industry anymore. But at that time she was. So when I got rusty, she needed to get a horse also. So we bought this one because we always been such a big fan of the stallion. So uh, and this one was a double registered too. And I would at that time like to be a little more in the AQHA also. And I think it was a nice opportunity to could do both things. So we bought this mare and then she was actually just here at home. 
And my sister, the same year we bought her, the half a year after she went out of the industry and wanted to do something else. So this mare was just standing here and we needed to do something with her. So I took her and I started her in the long slime classes and the in-hand classes. And this one is really a nice mover. So she won everything in the APHA. And from that time I was just, okay, this, this needs to be my new show horse. And she took over from the stallion also because he, the half of year we are doing the breedings. He is not that much written because it's so much energy on breeding. So I, it was nice for me to have like another horse to focus a little bit on also, so I can do the shows also. And that's the reason why she came into it. And what's her name again? It's one and only cowgirl. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew there was something with cowgirl, but I wasn't it's, sure. It, no, it's, it's her and she's the full sister. So they are, they don't look like each other at all, but no. they, <laughs> but they are really much related. <laughs> that's cool. And you showed her in Aachen as well, right? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. That was the first AQHA show we went to. Oh, so you went all in for the AQHA stuff. You just went through the queue, which is like one of the biggest shows. Oh, yeah. But I was like, we are paying people either way. So we went there and I know people was looking weird because we were like totally new into that. And it was the first time in Akin for us. So we must have looked like crazy people. And I think we got so many crazy looks, but it was a nice time. And Akin is really a nice show, I think. Yeah, and I was so happy to spot you on the live stream because I was oh. <laughs> looking at the live stream while I was working. Don't tell my boss, but I was. And I was like, hey, I know that outfit and I know that girl, but wait, am I at the wrong show? I was like, your paint is over. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's so cool. So what differences do you see between the AQHA and the APHA industry if you have seen both? Yeah, it's, it's a big difference, I think. I think it might seem, I don't take this the wrong way, but I think sometimes the APHA is the way in for people with not that much money. You have like a bigger chance to get in uh, with good placings with a good all-round horse at the APHA where if you need to go to the AQHA, you need to have like a really, really nice quality horse to get either in top 10, I think. So in the APHA, it's been really, really nice to, to, and, uh, to start there. And people are, it's another kind of people. This sounds so weird, but when you go to an APHA show, everybody is smiling and saying hi. And it's like everybody knows each other. And it's like a really, really nice um, surroundings to be in, I think. And then we went for the AQHA, which is, I think, the the level of the classes is much higher and there is a lot more uh, at stakes. So people are really serious and really like focused on what they want to do. So when we went there, it was like so weird for us that people wasn't saying hi or smiling and everybody was like going in their own direction and focusing on that and their own horses. So for me, it's like, it's so funny to have tried both things because it's like two different worlds. Yeah, I can understand because I have seen both as well. And I would actually agree because I feel like the level 
is higher on the AQHA circuit in a way, not maybe yeah. in the quality of riders, but in the quality of horses sometimes. But I feel like the AQ, uh, the APHA industry is a little more fun with some more fun events like the Team yeah. Cup, which I love. It's great. And, you know, the I feel like the atmosphere is a little less tense, maybe. Yeah, and I think that's it's because there's some really, really good riders and the horses are also getting like it's almost the same as the quarters now because there's so much more nice breeding into it also. But it's just the atmosphere, yeah. And there is some really nice people in the AQHA also, we don't misunderstand this, but it's just like so different still. Yeah, I, I can understand. And I, I agree. There are many, many nice people in this industry, but the overall atmosphere is probably a little different. Yeah. So when you pointed out that there are some things that are different about AQHA and APHA, can you maybe like name general things about the horse show industry that you love and maybe some things that you don't like and that you'd maybe like to change? Yes. I really like like the community that has been, especially in the APHA. I think we have been like, there was a lot of youth riders at the time when I was starting the youth classes. And it's been like really nice together when every one of us went to the amateur. It's been like always fun and there's been a lot of talking, like you get a lot of new friends through the borders. So I have had so many great like friendships together with a lot of other European girls. And I think like it's always I I think you need to be a little of a competition kind of personality to go into the shows. But if you have that, it's been so nice to have something to strive for and to like this is what my goal is. I want to be like here. And I think the APHA industry have, I really like the way it has been for me and, and how the shows were organized. And unfortunately there isn't that many shows anymore, but a couple of years ago, we went like showing a lot more than we do that we are doing now. And I loved that. And I loved having like something to compare it to. And in the APHA, we are going a lot, or I was going a lot for the end of year high points, because that was something you can compare yourself to at the, against all the other girls. And so I have really enjoyed that. And I enjoyed all like the atmosphere that's been at the show. Everybody has been so friendly. Uh, at the time now, I think that's been sometimes in this industry, it's a bad thing that, that there's so many women, I think, because there can be so much drama. And I think it's kind of sad sometimes that just little things are getting like into like really big discussions and drama. And it's kind of it might have been a little toxic sometimes and it made a lot of damage to this sport and we have also sometimes just i or i myself have been thinking about why am i doing this because there is so much um it's been so much drama and problems you needed to solve and you needed to like get through and it's been canceling a lot of friendships also just because of little things. 
And I think that's the worst thing about this. It's, it's just being too much drama and problems. And girls are sometimes, I think, really good at talking behind each other's backs. <laughs> and it can be really hurtful sometimes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it can be hard and tough because sometimes you think that people are friends and then yeah. you get the impression that they're talking behind your back and they're saying mean things and then you feel like you're all on your own. And I yeah. think, at least for me, it's important to keep like a very small circle of people you can really trust. I feel like you have, as you mentioned before, like sort of a girl gang at home, like the girls you ride together with. And I think some of them are showing as well, right? Yes, they are. And they're also part of... AK show clothing is that right because that I'm not sure right. about that that is right so okay they, we were four but now one went uh, off to do the university and she's selling her horses so now we are free but they are all from the stable and a part of like our showing team it's kind of cool that you can share all that like the showing and AK show clothing and you know just the love for horses and sport it's kind of great We have really been enjoying that. And I think you need that like strong little community you have from home to kind of keep going in this sport. <laughs> you need like a really solid ground where you can have like these people close to you and you can trust them and you have like always something to fall back into when you are getting a little hurt from outside. Yeah, that's true. It's nicely said, actually, because I feel I feel the same, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> very true and we just mentioned AK show clothing and I didn't really introduce that because I feel like some people might know the brand by now but I'm not always sure whether people know who are the faces behind certain brands or you know nope. so Maybe. sometimes people don't know who runs the show live so I'm quite used to that <laughs> but can you maybe like introduce AK show clothing and you know who's part of the team and how you founded the brand I can, Leonie, because it's actually because of you. People don't know that, <laughs> but it's actually because of you. Because in the beginning, I was the first one. I wanted to have a nice show outfit, but we couldn't afford buying one. So I was like, either I have to show like in at that time, there wasn't like this really nice suit you can do or like a day shirt. It wasn't an option. So it was either like the full outfit or it was like this really cheap, uh, I would say like funny clothing where people were laughing a little bit. So I was like, okay, we need to do something by ourselves. And my mom and I started like going into the sewing part and we made my first outfits. And from that on, we had like all these little youth girls in the stable also and they were like they couldn't buy anything because they were growing you know so they needed also something that you can wear like a year and then they can change into something new so i started making them and then the girls from the stable starting started it too and at that time it was like it's siri and it's michelle and it's another friar and we started making this and then i made two boleros for the europeans one year and Siri and Michelle, the two girls from our stable, they were wearing it and we took like this picture and we were like, okay, we could maybe send it to the show live. Maybe she will post it. 
And then you posted it and it went crazy. From that day, I got so many messages from people wanting to buy clothes and having something made for themselves. And I'm like, shit, I just made one for myself and now it's going crazy. And we decided, okay, we could maybe try to make like one or two. And from that point, it just expanded like crazy. I think that's so cool. And I have to stress at that point that I'm not getting paid to say that, or this is, you know, not normal advertising, but because I really love what you do. And I loved the boleros you did. And I love the pictures and the style. And I think it was so different, especially, and don't take that the wrong way, everyone, but it was so different, especially for the APHA industry. Yeah. It was so cool to see people wear different designs different colors and still have like a certain style that you can recognize because i saw those boleros and i knew that they were made by the same people because they had like very similar style although they were totally different and i think it's kind of cool to see that in this industry where so many things are you know decided by money or how much influence you have to see like a group of young girls having their brand expand so well. And maybe some people don't know that, but your outfits have been, you know, sold to many people in Europe, but also to people in the US and people that are showing at big, big shows and are well-known. So that's really cool. It's been also a little overwhelming for us. Also in the beginning, it was like, we wanted to bring some color into it also because yeah. That moment people, and I understand that, went for the shave, like natural colors to have an outfit they could wear for years. But we were like, it will be fun to play a little bit the colors. So in the beginning we were like, it was standing out a lot, I think also because of the colors. And we were a little bold because we were playing a lot for ourselves also. And we were like, okay, we can wear this for one show and we can just make another one just to get out there. And, and people were like so sweet and so like interested in it. And I think that's also why it went so fast because it was standing out from everything else that's what was out there. And in the beginning also, we have been like making it for a really low price. And I don't want, even want to count my hourly wage because it will be we nothing it will be like 10 cents or something because it's nothing but for us it was just like getting out there and getting people to show in it because that's the biggest advertising you can get is having people showing your outfit yeah yeah and I think you're doing a really great job and did you face any special challenges when you know founding the brand and selling your outfits we have the biggest challenge, I think it was because also it was a good thing that people didn't know who was behind it in the beginning, I think, because when they, if they saw a picture of it, it will just like look like three or four small girls, youth girls actually at that time making outfits. And I think if people knew that they would be uh, afraid to order anything, <laughs> but from that on, it was like, we could stand a little behind the social media and just post the outfits and they could run it. 
Um, so it's been a challenge when people like meet us in real life that they would always be a little skeptical, I think. Um, because they you can see it, they didn't say anything, but you can see it in your their attitude, you know, they were like, is is this correct? Is that is that is it did they make this? <laughs> and we had like a big challenge also with the founding and like building up like a base. First of all, it takes a lot of space to do it. And I can't thank my mom and dad enough for letting like their house be one big mess to us four girls because we are it's everywhere in the house we have like uh, glitter stones and like uh, things everywhere so it's thank god we have a big house so we have the space to just uh, be crazy because both building up like a warehouse to have like a base to make the outfits and then having the money to go into this was also in the beginning really hard because if we needed to pay ourselves just something to do it we needed there was like nothing left so my mom and dad has been really really supportive and they put in a lot of money just to build this brand and for that that's also the reason why it's called ak it's the their little sponsoring <laughs> advertisement <laughs> it's because of them yeah but i think It's so cool that you do that all together at home because I always have that picture in my mind that you send at some point of you sitting in the kitchen and doing the outfits, you know, you four girls. And I love that. And I think it's cool that you named it AK Show Clothing as a, you know, tribute to your parents. And I think it's also good because you can connect the two brands, you know, like AK Show yeah. Clothing and AK Horses. So that's kind of cool. For us, it's been the same. And it's just in the beginning, um, it was like just a little fun thing to do beside our other all our other daily life. But now it's actually went out to be such a big brand and we got so much support that the two other girls like Siri and Michelle, who's in it also, they just finished uh, high school and they have like a year off when before they go to the university they have I think they will take one more year off because this has been a really great year and they do it full time now and it's just for us it's like in just an amazing opportunity because we are having so much fun doing this and for us it's like we do it for the fun part of it and the and the little we we sit together I think every day from eight in the morning to 11 in the afternoon in the nighttime just doing show stuff and playing around with new designs and new possibilities and having a lot there's been so many sweet people and that's also a thing I really need to thank because people have been amazing to us they have been so sweet with all the communication and all the show outfits we have made we actually haven't had one bad client it's just been i have never had so much like uh, appreciation and nice words sent to us as we had with the show clothing yeah that's so great to hear because as we just mentioned before this industry can be so mean and then there can be so much drama and problems and it's great to hear that you have been 
you know, in such good contact with people and that they appreciate your work and that you can communicate on a really good, you know, basis. That's really cool to hear. And it's something that, you know, we should all appreciate because, yeah, it's it's not the usual thing, I think. No, and we were afraid of that also in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I can understand. What will we get into now and what will we get out of this? And what could we end up in because we have heard a lot of bad stories and we talked to some other show clothing designers also and they told us like a lot of horror stories and we were like oh shit what what is this and what is this world and sometimes i think when people communicate over the social media it it could be a lot more mean and the communication could be a lot more like hard and it's you can go wrong of each other so easily i think so we were a little afraid because all our business is like based on online communication. So, yeah, that's true. But it's has been nothing like this. We haven't had like like one bad experience, and it's just been amazing. Even the clients from the states and from outside Europe, they have been really really sweet. That's so cool to hear. Do you have any like? more plans of you know expanding the brand or are you just you know happy the way it's going at the moment at the moment we couldn't be happier because we were actually in the beginning planning to like have like a standard in stock items you can choose from and people are keep texting us about this and we haven't had time to do it because we've just been fully booked for like a year um so at the moment we just wanted to keep it this way and we are happy if we can keep having like custom orders to do um, we hopefully wanted to like we are always developing the brand so it will be better quality newer styles and always trying because for us it's the fun part in making the show clothing um, at the moment it can be hard to expand even more I think <laughs> it's hard to find people that wanted to spend so many hours hours on doing this i think it's really unique that we are three girls spending all our time on this but it's also because we have the showing behind it and we do like uh, the horses also and you have the freedom to do whatever you like decided and i think that's why the girls and especially also that's why i am doing this is because if you have one day when you have where you have plans with friends or something you can do it you never have to be here on a certain time you can do it whenever you like and you have the freedom to do it whenever you like you just have a deadline in the end where the client need to get the outfit but you can everything else you can decide yourself so for us at the moment we couldn't imagine it any better so if we can just hold it where it is now it will be really nice but let's see what the future brings yeah yeah you never know but no. <laughs> with you know looking at the future do you have any certain plans with regards to showing this year so what shows are you planning to attend oh yeah this year we will be going a lot to quite i think we will be first of all now we need to do the summer show and we need to be two weeks in quite because the week after the summer show there will be the german paint so that's the two shows from now and then we need to do the european championships for the paints and then i think we will be at the queue 
also, but for us, it's kind of sad because everything is in Croyd and it's 12 hours drive here from Denmark to Croyd. Oh, I think that many people who will listen to this episode will agree on what you say, because I think this has been a big discussion. We will yeah. see what the upcoming years will bring. I actually have to say that I'm really happy about the fact that the queue will be in Croyd because it's closer to where I live. And I am planning on attending it, but who knows what's going to happen. But if I can make it, it would be great to see you because I think, you know, it's been a long time, actually. I think the last time I was, you know, in Croyd at the European was probably in 2017. I'm, I'm getting so old, I can't even oh, remember, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> I'm just I'm just stalking you all through the live stream, but it sounds really cool. So which horses will you be taking? Like you mentioned the young ones, but have you decided on which one to take or how many? Yeah, at the first shows now, I'll bring the show mare, like the one and only cowgirl, and mm -hmm. I will show her. And then I was actually planning on bringing a longsline horse, an offspring after my stallion. But we have some troubles with getting enough cars and trailers to drive there. So I actually think I, I can't bring my long slang horse for the first shows now because there won't be enough space in the trailer. We oh, yeah. need a truck, but that we couldn't afford. So we, I will bring the, the riding horse, my mare, and then the two girls from the show clothing, they will bring, one will bring their riding horse and the other one also has an offspring after my stallion that she will bring and do the long line classes with. So we will bring three horses. That's, That's really cool. But really us, exciting. It's a, of, it's a lot of planning and it's a lot of money every time we need to go. So yeah. we have to kind of, it's just, it takes like months to plan everything because you need both the horses and you need yourself and you need a place to stay. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're staying for such a long time, you know? Oh, yeah. But it's so, cool. I mean, some people dream of staying at Croyd for two weeks. <laughs> Let's see. It's the first time that it will be so long in Croyd. <laughs> so maybe we will get tired of it. But Croyd is amazing facilities. And that's also the reason why we are driving such a long way for it. Because I know uh, it will be easy to do like more local shows. But for us, it's also really nice to drive. We will it's okay for us to drive a little longer just to get into those facilities. Yeah, I can totally understand. And I hope that it's going to be great fun for you and that you will be successful. But I bet you will because, you know, you just you just have to go there and have fun. And for us, it's a little more fun to do it because we aren't, we aren't like, there's no expectation when you do it. Yeah. You've done so much at the APHA, so there's always, I feel a little pressured. I don't, I don't know why, but I feel like I need to be on that level every time, you know, because people are expecting it from you. And when we went into the AQHA, it's really nice because I can just start as a novice, actually, because people don't know you. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand. I feel like, yeah, it takes the pressure off and it leaves you a little more room to just, you know, be yourself and not have yeah. people watching all the time. It's not the same big expectations, actually. It's funny because the level is higher and the competition is um, much higher and there's so many uh, more horses in the classes. But for me, it's like I relax a little bit more doing the AQHA at the moment because 
people don't know you at all so you can just go in and do your thing and still be like there's no one looking at you actually because they don't know you yeah and i feel like the moment the level of competition is a little bit higher you're probably more satisfied with like smaller victories and you know the little things that make progress yeah and i think sometimes the amateur writers they or i myself can be so hard and strict you know you have so many critical things in your head and you are always thinking about all your bad sides and that sometimes take the best of you because you use so much time on just criticizing yourself and yeah it's been nice having like a little break where I can just relax a little bit more and go in and have fun instead of having all these um, expectations and critical things about myself I need to yeah yeah I can I can totally understand so if I would give you like two or three minutes to the end of this podcast episode to just say whatever you wanted, like, you know, something you'd like to get out into the industry, what would you say? It's a mean oh. question because I didn't send it in beforehand, but I know, and like, this is hard. Yeah, I always like that because it gives, you know, people the opportunity to say something I didn't ask for. So you don't have to like adhere oh to what I'm saying. Really mean, Leonie, because. <laughs> It's so hard because I think this whole community has been so nice and I have enjoyed all my years in it and I think we will never get out of it because it's like one big family in the end. So if people could put aside some of these stupid things sometimes I think it could be even better and for me it's just been an amazing time and I have really and I wanted to thank everyone using so much time in this industry to get it where it is now and especially also this is not to kind of flatter but I've been so appreciative of everything you have done Leonie and the, the whole show life team has done for this industry because I think it's so important to get all these topics out and get these dis discussions and articles and it's kind of getting the two worlds together also because for me it's been like two worlds the APHA and the AQHA and I really like that and I hope in the future it can be like more like one and it's getting there slowly <laughs> but all these little things that you do and I think more people in the breeding programs and outside are doing it's kind of it's really really nice which direction this is heading I think thank so you so thank, much i want to thank you and all the team behind the show life especially for doing all this and taking all the hits sometimes just to get through with these topics yeah thank you so much and i actually agree because i sometimes feel like apha and aqha and you know they're the appaloosas and the open yeah. breed programs and they're all sort of like you know little bubbles little yeah. universes but I love the AQHA industry and I still have like a soft spot for the paint horses as well. And I remember my time on the APHA circuit and I have so many fun memories of it. So I'll always be an APHA girl, you know? Oh, it's nice to hear. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, you know, in the end, we are all just a bunch of people that love horses. And I think that's the most important thing, whether those horses are, you know, solid or colored or you know yes. 
rainers all around us who cares and I feel like we have been in contact a lot in the past years yep. you know, whether it's the stallion the show clothing all those things but I feel like I've gotten to know you a little better within this episode and thank you so much for joining me thank you 